Hey folks, welcome to the Jason Wright Show, Money Monday. Look, this is the episode dedicated to improving our finances, always in always. Part of our overall improvement has to be to be good stewards of our resources, and that's what Mondays are for on the Jason Wright Show. So with that in mind, let's go. After all the sound checks, technical deals that we went through, we are back on another episode with Katie Highlander on Money Monday. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And thank you for being patient, too. I appreciate that. Yeah, it's no it, no sweat at all. And I know we're trying to deal with it. Every once in a while, this delay keeps kind of coming in and out. And I, I there was one right there. So if I, if I speak over you, it's not intentional. Okay? Good. Okay. All right. So I think today we've got a really, really good topic that so many people can relate to. And my hope is there are some people out there listening that are nearly weds, maybe. I mean, I think this is a great conversation for that young couple that, or heck, the old couple. I don't care. Maybe it's the their second go around where they're about to mm-hmm. combine finances, combine households, they're getting married, or they've been going through this process. They could be 10 years in and they've just never had the conversation to sit down and talk about money, which is such a, it can be a hard conversation. It can be a, it can be an uncomfortable conversation, but man, what uh, just a, a, a little element of vulnerability to bring a couple closer and put you on the same page. And that's what we're being covering today. So uh, I'm really excited about this. So I guess my first question for you is, yeah. why is this com- why is having this conversation with your your spouse so important? And why is it so dang uncomfortable? So first off, it's so important because there's really um, a few key aspects to a relationship that if you agree on these things that you are going to do well in your marriage and the relationship will almost certainly last. So one of these is money. The other is your agreement on whether or not you want to have children. A third is, uh, agreeing on your boundaries around in-laws and then the fourth is around religion and so if you are able to agree on those four big aspects of how you would want to move forward together that's really going to um, set your future up and your marriage up for success now the reason why talking about money is so much more vulnerable compared to hey do you want to have kids? Well, yeah. Or, oh, no, is because how your behavior around money can be viewed in lenses of uh, shame mm-hmm. or guilt or embarrassment. And an embarrassment could be something like, oh, I'm just embarrassed about how I've, I've spent my money or embarrassment could also be like, wow, I came from nothing and now I have all of this money. I'm embarrassed to show how well I've done. Because mm. that could be a, a real thing too. Um, because culture can look at you and be like, oh, you've done well. You should not be mm. flaunting that or you should not be um, you know, basking in your glory of doing well, when really it's just behavior that you have, that you've handled your money well. And so there's just all these different emotional aspects when it comes to talking about money, um, because money is an emotional subject. And um, if you have something in your past that you're not very proud of, as far as going into debt, getting into student loans, um, it can be vulnerable just laying your cards out there and being like, Hey, this is what my money situation looks like. And they may be scared that if they do that, the person that they're dating may be like, Oh yeah, I'm going to go ahead and pass. I don't want to have to deal with $80,000 worth of student loans or $10,000 worth of credit cards. 
You know, that's something, too. Let's talk about that a little bit, because the debt follows you into the marriage, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. So if I have, if I come to a marriage with uh, $60,000 in student debt, now let me ask you this. Is there a way to isolate the incoming spouse from the debt, or is it just, or just depending on what state you're in, or is it just a, one of those conversations you got to have? Is there a way to identify that in some way, or is it just, if we're getting married— you got all, you're taking me and all the baggage, including the debt that comes with me. Right. So the, the traditional vows say for richer or for poorer. Mm -hmm. And when you get married two become one, and that means on all aspects, including money. And uh, so when you get married, yes, you will combine not only your income, but you're also combining your debt because what you're doing is you're combining your future. And so if you want to build this beautiful future of, you know, two and a half kids with a white picket fence, <laughs> you gotta be able to clean up the debt that, that either one or both have brought in so that you can move forward with your future. Um, technically, you know, legally one person's name may be on that debt, but you should attack it and pay it off together as one instead of being, this is his, this is hers. No, when you get married, you become a we mm -hmm. and you, you forgo not your, your single identity, but you're now working together as one instead of individually. You know, one of the things to, and I want to get your take on this because I know you do financial coaching, yeah. right? That's, that's your profession. Mm -hmm. And so when people come to you in this situation, I think it's a great moment for them to, it can't, it can do one of two things. I, well, let's back up. I think if I come to Katie Highlander to help me with my finances and my future spouse or my current spouse, and we say, Katie, the first thing we got to do is talk about uh, my financial situation, independent of my spouse. And we want to bring that together. We need your help. What an amazing time to bring one another together. I have learned that in my life, in almost every relationship, and not that you this you owe this person, well, I guess if you had some huge gambling debt or something like that that happened in the marriage, I mean, there's obviously circumstances, but let's say that someone comes to talk to you and they're about to get married and the would-be husband says to you and his future wife, Katie, Sally, I got to come clean about something. From the time I was in college to the first year after I graduated, I ran up a $50,000 credit card debt. And Sally, I haven't told you about it. And Katie, I need you to help me deal with this. It's kind of like asking for forgiveness. It can truly draw someone closer because that puts them in the position of giving you this great gift, especially if you're carrying a lot of shame with it. So whenever you have that couple that comes to you, how or or for those that have that are listening that might be in this situation, what advice do you give them? How does that conversation open up where we start putting all the cards on the table? I gotta believe that kind of puts you not only in being the position of financial coach, but now you're all of a sudden kind of in that marriage coach situation, which I mean, you can't have one without the other, right? You, you can't live a, a, a fiscal free marriage life. It has to come together. So how do you tee up those conversations for these couples that come in that might be just completely scared to come clean of their financial situation? Right. Uh, so yes, financial coaching does almost go hand in hand with marriage coaching too. Um, what I like to focus on is especially if somebody has not laid out all of their financial, um, I don't know, mistakes or, uh, or even if they have a great, a big net worth and they've not, they've not shown that to the, the person that they're dating is in a marriage, you're not supposed to hide anything. You're supposed to be truthful and that's not just, oh, well, I, I didn't tell them this. I didn't lie about it, but you're supposed to be transparent mm -hmm. in your relationship. And I've seen it eat away at people when they have not 
told their spouse or their significant other or the person that they're dating about their situation and it and it really it really does eat up at them and so as far as if they were to have racked up fifty thousand dollars worth of credit card debt um it's important to get that out on the table because it's going to come out one way or the other and you might as well have it be on your terms and in a safe space instead of somebody some creditor calling and being like hey you've not made this payment or maybe the bill comes in the mail and your spouse opens it and they're like what the heck is this <laughs> and so being able to do it on your terms and again to get everything out there but how are we how are we going to move forward from that what was the behavior what was the circumstance that got you in there because money touches everything that you value and if you value gambling or if you're value if you value um i don't know not online shopping but just out of control shopping what's really behind that because if you're not in alignment with your values and you're not married yet like this is somebody maybe you're thinking about becoming engaged to those are really big pillars that you need to consider whether or not you want to move forward in that relationship if you are married then you both need to sit down and almost dissect what happened how did we get here how was this hidden um or how did how was i not in tune with what was going on with our finances um and make those adjustments and discuss the behaviors around them discuss the habits that that allowed this to happen um especially because if you're a married couple again this is not a his problem or her problem this is a we problem and moving forward to address the issues that even got you there in the first place is very important i think one of the things that it offers up as an opportunity is to bring a couple closer and you know it's weird it's weird yeah. struggle is good for us struggle and pain is good it's like victor frankl's logotherapy he always talked about that's how you find your meaning and your your why is whenever you can you have that struggle and whenever you can do this together because as you said earlier with two becoming one, this can be both of your struggle, and it can be a a, a, a dragon to slay with one another. I know that Jimlin and I, for example, this weekend, my gosh, 104 degrees on Saturday, and we went from our old small storage space to our new warehouse fulfillment center for our retail business, and it was just a beatdown. And I'll tell you right now, I mean, look, Jimlin gets all the credit for building hot tots she is an unbelievable woman 12 years of just building sweating all of it she has done it she's built it i take out the trash and i'm her intern i've said that before but i tell you what and i didn't i didn't want to be out in 104 degree temperature driving a u-haul emptying this storage space and moving into this other one but you know it was a battle we could slay together it was a dragon we could slay together to make this move and and to be able to support her in the, and, and there's times it's funny in our biz in our business where Jimlin, she loves to buy. I mean, that's one of the best things about her being a retail store owner. She loves to buy and she'll overdo it. She'll be the first one to tell you. I'm not telling on her. She will overbuy. And if anyone that shopped in Hot Toss, the first thing they do is they look around, they go, oh my gosh, all this inventory. Yes, my wife wants to make sure that everything you never knew you needed is here just in case you might. And so sometimes, you know, Jimlin will get kind of like, oh my gosh, I've overbought. And, I, and it gives us an opportunity for me to say, first of all, Sweetheart, you've proven yourself. You know what you're doing, and we'll get through this. We will figure out how to clear this inventory out. And it brings us closer, so now we can put both of our heads together and try to figure out a solution. And I think that for that listener that's hearing us talk about this, if you are maybe a spouse or a newlywed that is in this situation where there's something lurking behind, first of all, Katie, I think you said it really well, it's going to come out. It absolutely, the, the light will always shine on whatever cockroach is in your corner. It's going to happen. And, and the next thing you said was so cool is that it can either be on your terms or those horrible, unsuspecting, 
the wife calls. Can I tell you one of my favorite stories about this? I, I got a great story. Absolutely. That's right. Okay. One of my dearest friends and mentors, a guy named Phil Burks, uh, incredibly successful entrepreneur, tech entrepreneur. Uh, whenever he was just getting started in his business, trying to survive, trying to make it, he had a very difficult decision to make. I believe the amount was somewhere in the neighborhood of $250,000 that he owed the Internal Revenue Service for business taxes. And he's over in the Middle East trying to close a deal just to keep his company going. And he was faced with a very difficult decision. Do I meet payroll or do I pay the IRS? He made the decision to pay the uh, the, the payroll to make sure his employees were taken care of. Well, then all of a sudden his wife, her entire paycheck was garnished and she didn't know why. And he was overseas and he gets a call from his wife. And when he tells this story, he chokes up to this day. She said, why was my paycheck just taken by the IRS? And he had to come clean and tell this whole story of that. Look, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm managing this balancing act right now. I decided to meet payroll and, and put off the IRS payment. And he said it just broke him down. It wasn't, and she would, and he, what he learned right then, first of all, his wife was much more disappointed in him not sharing that pain that he was going through with her than the, you know, him just running into an issue that so many business owners have run into before. But it was the hiding it from her that really to this day brings him to tears when he tells that. And and for the listener, if you want to go listen, I think it was actually on the first Phil's a, a repeat uh, guest on the Jason Rice show because I, I love him. He's just full of so much wisdom. He's an author now. And But I we talk about that and he chokes up when he tells that story. So I think that one of the messages, and, and you've probably seen this in, in your practice, that Again, if you'll just bring these things out on your terms, then you can deal with it on your terms and create a plan. And so, I don't know, I think that is just um, such a big deal. But like, there's one reason, this is the next topic I wanna get into with you. There's only one reason why you would hide this from your spouse, and that's fear, right? So let's talk a little bit about dealing with fears in relationships as it relates to coming clean about the finances. Yeah, I think when you're talking about um, him coming clean to his wife, I just think, I just think about okay. Set your set your spouse aside. If you were to have a conversation with your best friend, and they came, they were sharing some just very personal information. You would want to help them, right? Like that's your best friend. Like, what can I do to help? Can I, you know? bring you dinner so that you can focus on doing your bills or so that you can go take your kid to whatever. Your spouse is like your best friend times X. Mm -hmm. And you should not be having this fear and, and um, dealing with these battles on your own. And you have strengths and your spouse has strengths that likely complement each other. And so having coming together and being like, I am just really struggling with saving for my taxes. <laughs> like, do you have any idea? Even if they're not in the, the business world or own their own business, they can at least speak into it and be like, hey, have you tried this? Or, hey, you know, you're swamped over here trying to close this deal. Let me do some research on how to best do X, Y, or Z so that we don't get in this situation. Um, but yeah, really, again, fear is, makes us do some crazy things, mm -hmm. but nobody is crazy. Nobody is crazy when it comes to money. You are doing something. If you're standing in fear, you are doing something that you think seems reasonable at the time, which, you know, in hindsight, people will be like, oh, no, that is crazy. Why didn't you do X, Y, or Z? But fear is such a motivator and not in a good way, mm -hmm. <laughs> which is, again, just makes you really need to lean on your spouse when it comes to your money goals and hitting it together because the, and I think that there's um, maybe in the Bible, I, I'm pretty sure it's in the Bible, but when you put two 
two animals together and you yoke them together, they can pull more weight than just one could by himself or even if they're separated yeah. do by themselves. It's, it's multiplied their efforts. And you need to think of, about your spouse that way is that doing this together can multiply your efforts and get you to where you wanna go faster than if you do it alone. Could not agree more. And I have learned that from my wife. I am very fortunate. And I can tell you, I, I was raised old school where the the man is supposed to, and my dad was like, he's the provider. I'm the, and you know, we have to take care of everything. And you know, that's just the, the you know, we're Atlas, the world of, that is our family and everything that's, that that entails is on our shoulders. And then I've had the incredible blessing of meeting a, and, and you know, taking on a, a spouse that is, while she's a lot tinier than I am physically, is infinitely stronger. I mean, Jimlin just is. And, and it was really hard. And I can tell you, for the, for the dudes out there, whenever you can, I, I think there's this really, this kind of balance. You know, the whole, it's funny that the times we're living in where we talk about the alpha male versus the beta male. I am not a beta mm-hmm. male. I'm not going to weep and cry and, you know, and just, I'm not going to, I'm going to maintain a sense of, uh, of strength for my wife. But I will say this, I will be vulnerable to my wife. I will tell her that I'm concerned and I'm fearful of this. And, and would you help me? And that took me a long time. And Jimlin will tell you that it took me a while. She knew, and she's a, she has a BS radar like no one ever has. So if I was BS, I can't get away with any sort of BS with her. She knows. And it has become this incredible sense of comfort knowing that, to your point, yes, being equally yoked, which, you know, having two daughters that are one's 22 and one is 21 right now, having two daughters to have to describe the importance of being equally yoked with your partner as you walk through this life, same values, same beliefs, being able to walk through this life in in unison on 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 identical tracks it is so incredibly important and i think you know to the men out there uh, i would just say there is a great deal of expression of strength i mean brene brown talks about it all the time one of the one of the the strongest things you can do again don't be some weepy wearing your feelings on the on the surface of your skin all the freaking time that's just not hot mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think i don't think Jimlin would think that was very hot of me so i'm not gonna i'm not gonna do that but when i can come to her when she knows that i i am willing to assume my responsibility as as the man in our household and at the same time be able to say i need you i need your help on this it's an incredible uh act of strength and to be able to and what an opportunity for both of you to to say yeah you screwed up you probably shouldn't have made those financial decisions but you did and guess what here's the good news i still love you i still love you i think we're so afraid just like you said and i've done that in my life i have done so many things out of fear that it, it never false evidence appearing real is a dangerous driver of behavior, Katie. And I have followed that false evidence appearing real so many times in my life that now I'm to the point where I try my best to make sure I'm not doing something out of fear. And just to, and look, it's a, it can be a test of a relationship. How good is your relationship? If you're having to keep things from your spouse, again, to your point, you wouldn't mind telling one of your buddies, you know, unless you're unless you're trying to impress them or something, but you've got that, if hopefully you've got that close friend that you'd be able to say, dude, you're not gonna believe what I did. You're not gonna believe this. Yeah. And if you can't do that for your wife, then you need to question your relationship, right? I mean, I, Spencer, going back to the, you were talking about Atlas and holding the weight of the world on his shoulders. If, if you look back into Greek mythology, Zeus put him there as a punishment. Ooh, and I did so not know that. Did. That's awesome. Yes, yes. I loved Greek mythology, went there, went to Greece. I'm like, it was a, a dream trip. Anyways, he put him there as a punishment. Now, I don't remember what he did, but if you're taking your household finances on alone, it's like you're carrying the weight of the world, of your household world on your shoulders. And that's not what marriage is. 
marriage should be two of y'all carrying that weight. It should not just be one person. And you know, maybe you have one person who is really good at the details. I am really good at the budgeting and the details. That's my jam. I love doing the spreadsheets and the budgeting. Spencer could care less, but he still comes and sits next to me and we talk about our priorities. Hey, what are we wanting to hit this year? Hey, we've got this money excess. Where do we want to put it? Do we want to put it towards this goal or this goal? Or, or maybe we, you know, we want to go on a trip or what about our Roth 401k or, or Hey, preschool tuition is coming up. We want to pay that in full so we can get the discount coming together and deciding how you want to spend your money should be a weight that both of you carry, not just one. Because if it's just one, it really does feel like a punishment. And then what if that one person messes up? Then they feel like they have taken on all the responsibility and it's their fault when they did not have a spouse, a man or a woman to stand there next to them and help them with those decisions. What do you recommend to your clients as far as, because I know there's so many ways to do it. Like I, we have friends that it's kind of weird, man. I don't, I don't get it. I mean, Jimlin has her account. I have my account and, but it's, but we're, we're very transparent with our financial situation. What do you, what do you recommend that couples, how they situate? Because last time we talked, we had, you know, those three accounts that every, every household should have. So let's mm -hmm. just kind of revisit that to a certain degree is you know, what should that look like as far as who has access to which funds and how how do you kind of map that out logistically as to the entire so so that so that both spouses have complete visibility to the actual financial situation that the couple shares any bank account that you have both names should be on it and both should have access to it there should not be a secret account anywhere um i'll say that every each spouse should have their own fund money um so their own money that they can spend however they want because we each have things that we enjoy um that brings us joy that the other one doesn't really care about spencer loves golfing i could care less i mean take me along on the on the like golf cart and i'll sip a margarita alongside you <laughs> while you play but i don't really care about golf um, Spencer doesn't really care about landscaping, but man, I could spend a ton of money at Southwoods Nursery. It's one of my favorite places to go to get annuals and, you know, rose bushes and all these things, but he doesn't care. He doesn't care about that. Um, so if you have, like, like you said, you and your wife, you have separate, um, accounts. Now I'm not quite sure how y'all kind of manage that, but Spencer has his own, account that is for his fund money but all of our money goes into a joint checking account and then we transfer money into that account for him to just spend however he wants um i don't have my own account but i just go and take that money out in cash because i don't do a lot of online shopping i actually go to the nursery and i just bring the cash that i've taken out every paycheck that is my fund money to spend and so, um, so any bank, but I have access to Spencer's, Spencer's bank account, but it's still our account. And we decided how much money each of us has to spend however we want. Right. Um, but yeah, all, all accounts have both names on it. I think that's smart. Is that one of the things that you do for your clients? Do you like early on, do you sit them down and, and kind of give that? And I, I was thinking as you were talking about how one of the things we advised on those three accounts is to have as many of your bills auto drafted as possible. So I guess, you know, if, if all the money's kind of going into one joint account, that's kind of like that, what I call the operating account, the household account, whatever, it's getting the auto draft. And you can actually see that, that, Spencer's golf money, your landscaping money, you'll see that where it goes. And so that you're, you're either withdrawing this cash and Spencer's going into another account. Uh, mm -hmm. Do you kind of help your clients walk through how they set that up? Yes. Yeah, I do. Um, I have the very first meeting, we go over what, uh, what their bank accounts look like and we go through all of their bills and I say, okay, do you manually pay this? Do you, is it, automatically auto-drafted out of your account. 
and I tell them what my recommendations are when it comes to um, to the type of bank accounts that they need. Um, and I also really encourage them to get anything that they manually pay on auto draft mm -hmm. so that they're not having to lie in bed and then all of a sudden at 11.58, they wake up, oh my gosh, the water bill is supposed to be paid today and I totally forgot about it. Right. Um, and then you're losing sleep over money when something could just automatically be drafted out of your account and then you don't even have to worry about not paying it on time. All right, so now here's another one. Hey, I got, I heard something that was awful and I know there's somebody listening to this that, that they've <laughs> seen this before. So I had a friend who... One of her girlfriends had been divorced, but before she got divorced, her husband would not give her the amount of money that she thought she deserved. Uh, and so she was going to the grocery store, and every time she'd go to the grocery store, she would buy gift cards because they don't show up. Uh, when, I, when you can like literally buy a gift card at the grocery store. And so she was like squirreling away these gift cards. He thought this is grocery money. And instead it was, but it had no idea that she was just squirreling away these gift cards so that she would have kind of an extra stash to, 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 uh, to shop with or, and they ended up divorced. And I think that it's pretty indicative. One, I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg, but if you're having to pull that kind of a shenanigan, then obviously there's something wrong in the marriage. How do you advise your clients if they come to you and they're just completely at odds on how much money should be appropriated for what, for example, the fund money, mm -hmm. do you, mm -hmm. how do you get people to walk through that, that, that conversation of, well, I think I'm bringing in $150,000 a year. So my fund money should be more than your fund money. Do you ever have those, mm -hmm. that kind of tension come up with a client and how do you get kind of walk them through that? Yes. So that, that is a, um, <laughs> that's definitely a talk that I have with many of my clients because, um, typically the woman is bringing in no money cause she's staying at home, watching the kids, um, managing the household. Uh, and the husband is the one they're, they're a one income household, or she's bringing in a lot less because her, her job is has the ability to be more flexible again to be able to um, manage the household and be off when the kids need to be off and things of that nature and I really I encourage them to again no longer look at their money as a his money or her money but this is a pot that we together Put money into and it's so hard and I will say um, it's so hard to feel like or have have women feel like well I don't bring any money in mm -hmm. so I don't I don't deserve to have this amount of money to spend freely um, or she does feel like hey look at how much money I or how much stuff I do for our household and I'm not getting paid. I don't get time off when I, you know, when the kids go down, that's when I can clock out, but not really because the house is now a mess and we got to get laundry done and wash and dry the dishes and, and all these things and vacuum and, and everything that goes into running a household but she doesn't get paid for it. And the, the husband is bringing in all the, all the money. And he's like, well, you know, I work so hard that I deserve to have, you know, more money than she does. Listen, this is a joint effort. If she were to completely disappear, there would be a huge void mm -hmm. and the slack that he would have to pick up to be able to get the kids everywhere they need to go, get the house running like they need to, and vice versa. If he were to disappear, then she's gonna have to take on an additional responsibility of bringing in income. So this is not a like his and her stuff, this is us together. Now, let's agree on how much we should get, you know, fun money that we should be able to spend for ourselves. 
Um, and I think that it should be equal. It doesn't have to be, but at least to be able to do the things that bring you joy mm -hmm. and to, for you to do the hobbies or the experiences that you want to be able to do. And if I'll just say golf is really expensive. And so we spend more money on golf than we do with things that I like to do. And I'm okay with that. And he's okay with that. But we've agreed to that. And if we were to ever, if I were to ever be like, hey, can I have, not can I have, because it's not a like permission, please give me money. Right. But like, hey, let's sit down. Can we reassess what our fund money looks like? I would like to increase mine because of X, Y, or Z. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? And then we come to it together as two respectful people talking about how we want to manage our money when it comes to our guilt-free spending for ourselves. Yeah. And, and so I think that goes back to that whole equally yoke thing. And I can tell you right now, you know, for yeah. the feminist listener out there, you just set their hair on fire with a lot of that conversation. I'm, I'm quite certain. <laughs> and that's, and I think that it's important though, to just what you said there at the end is makes no sense. It's not a, I'm the one, like if it happens to be the, the husband is out there making the money and the wife is uh, taking care of the household, which by the way, just, and I'm not saying this as a simp to the feminists out there, but given those two roles, I think one, they're both very important, but if you're the mom and you're the one creating this household, rearing the children, doing all these things, you're a, and plus you had the superpower of, of carrying those little ones for nine months. You're kind of a badass. I mean, I'm just, that's just the way I look at it. Again, that's not me being a simp. That's just the way I look at things. And and so, but it's not a mat. It's kind of like it's roles. It's not one's more important than the other. And I know that we get caught up in this whole idea of society placing such ridiculous value on income, income potential, how much an earn, and that being such a signifier of quote unquote freedom and liberation. And or I, or your worth or your worth, which my. Gosh, God, God bless you poor souls out there that think that your self-worth is tied up in your income because it absolutely is not. And I think that if you can, it's, it's having these conversations, money is such a big one to establish values, I think. And so for anyone listening, I would highly encourage you, don't leave any of this to guests. And by the way, if, if you are that couple that, you know, she is a high-powered uh, attorney, and she's a partner, and he is a, you know, what, I mean, an investment banker, and they work all the mm -hmm. time. They both make a gob of money, and you just say, nope, we're going to get married, and we're going to keep everything separate, and then we'll everything. If you do that, then every single thing becomes a negotiation. Who's going to pay for this trip to Tahiti? I picked it up last time, and then when we get there, who's going to pay for the Michelin dinner this time? And it just... It just instead just you might want to go, hey, let's just really define some terms. Let's talk about what are we bringing and what does this look like if we're truly in it? And it just it works. It just works if you're willing to put down kind of e set egos aside and realize that this whole idea of two becoming one, because I'm guarantee you a lot of people will hear this and they'll be like, Yep, and that's exactly why I'm not getting married and why I never would get married is because the conversation you are having just absolutely sucks and I can't wait to the next episode of the Jason Wright Show because this one's a bunch of garbage. I'm never doing what these two knuckleheads are talking about. And God bless you. I just, but if you do decide to do it, which still there, even in these crazy times, not as many people as there used to be, not as many people as I would like, but there are still a lot of you out there listening that you're either married or you're considering it and deep down in the in your heart of hearts, you know you would love to do it. And if you're going to, what Katie is talking about is a recipe for financial success within that marriage. And if you if you keep these things hidden, if you don't talk about it, if you don't bring it out into the light, anything that you, any mistakes you might have made, anything you might have going on, then you're setting yourself up for failure. Why not hedge toward success? So there, there's my little rant, yeah. Katie. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so, so, all right. So let's just kind of, let's just kind of recap all this. So it, it is uncomfortable, mm -hmm. 
but it's absolutely necessary. Now, one of the things in, in the notes that you gave me before the show is scheduling a time. So I love yes. scheduling time for these, for big conversations. I do this in business. I always tell my consulting clients, I say, if you are, you have got to have a 90 day probationary period when you hire anybody and you tell them at the end of 90 days, we're going to sit down and we're going to visit and make sure you're meeting our expectations and we're meeting yours. That way, you do, it's, it's, it's not like this, hey, been 90 days, could you come see me? Oh my God, what'd I do? No, yeah. this was on the calendar, it was planned. I tell Jimlin every time we hire somebody, same thing. Annual reviews, we're going to sit down, we're gonna have this conversation. So these conversations, if you just have them on the books, then you can prepare, you can get yourself ready. It's not like this getting called into the principal's office, but instead, no, this is where we're just gonna go get on the same page, right? So. And how do you do that with this? Do you guys, do you like tell people, hey, we're going to have a, a, a session with me where we only talk about this sort of conversation? How do you work that logistically with your clients? Yeah, so a uh, quick story about a client of mine. They were struggling with this like big time because it was a conversation that neither one of them wanted to have. And so the only time that they were not distracted was right before bed. So they would be lying in bed and then the wife would bring it up. Oh, no. But the husband was like, oh, it's a long day. Like I'm ready to go to sleep. And then now this topic that he doesn't want to talk about, that she doesn't want to talk about is being brought up right before they're going to sleep and they're exhausted. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and it was just wrong timing, right? But she, you know, any other time that it had been brought up, you know, kids are around or the TV's on and, and it's just all these distractions and it was not a time where both of them knew that it was going to be talked about and that they were doing it distraction-free. So what I really suggest and what Spencer and I do as we make a date night out of it, like make a date night out of it. And it can be at home. You don't have to go anywhere because you probably need access to your bank accounts to be able to look at transactions. And um, you want to be, you're going to be talking about things that are personal. And so you don't want people to overhear you, but put the kids down early, make like a little charcuterie board or something like that, or get pizza, you know, have the kids eat early, y'all eat late, get pizza, pop open a bottle of wine or make a, you know, we call it, it's summertime here. We call it a Spencer spritzer because he makes these just <laughs> drinks that are amazing. <laughs> and, and make a date night out of it and like sit down together. And you're talking, you're not just talking about your money. You're talking about your dreams. You're talking about, hey, we're wanting to achieve this in a couple of months. How can we get there? How can we do it faster? Um, and it's just, it's such a time to reconnect and to talk through what your dreams are for the future. And you can do an even bigger one on a grander scale, kind of at the end of December, early January, where you really look ahead for the whole year. And you talk about what are our plans for the entire year that we're wanting to hit. And then throughout the month, I would say at least once, if not twice a month, you sit down again, hey, Let's put the, our fingers back on the pulse. Where are we? What are we wanting to do the, this next month? Look at this excess money. Um, you know, where are we wanting to put it? And it's, it's just such a great time to reconnect. And that, that couple that would talk about it right before bed, they started doing this. And guess what? They have like no money fights anymore. None because they're talking about it at an appropriate time. And they even said, I, um, at one of our meetings, I said, so are you telling me that y'all are on the same page? And they said, I don't know if we're on the same page yet, but we're finally in the same library. We're in the same book. <laughs> we're in the same chapter. <laughs> and so like, so they were able to make such progress to towards their goals when they just sat, when they both agreed to a time to sit down without distractions and to look at their money and talk about their finances. I love that. And that's what you call the dream date, right? Yes. I, yeah. I think what an awesome, awesome idea to have a dream date. And another thing too, that you had mentioned in, in the notes you sent me was not to blindside your, your partner. Yes. You know, I once had a marriage counselor tell me that 
anytime a couple's talking to him that he always says, look, if there's something to be said, if, there, if there's something you want to reveal that you're afraid of, get it all out at once. Otherwise, it's literally yes. like dripping acid on a wound. It just, it's just this long sting that always comes. Just get it all out at once to know what you're dealing with and then you never have to revisit it it's it's um what is it i think it was in in henry v that shakespeare said a hero die excuse me a coward dies a thousand deaths a hero dies once you know it just because the hero says one i'm not gonna worry up until the point where i have to and it kill and it it may kill me i'm not gonna die these thousand deaths like the coward and I, i think that that applies here a coward brings this up and has this conversation over and over and over and the courageous warrior says i'm going to get this over i'm going to fight this one battle i'm going to show all my cards all at once and be done and and then you then the dream date can be more realistic because you can really dream and be excited because i'm telling you right now just thinking about this logistically if somebody's having that dream date and they know Oh my God, if she only knew that I'd run up this tab and that this dream's never going to come true, that just makes my stomach hurt even thinking about it. You know, she, you know your, yeah. your spouse, your, your wife, let's say your husband having that conversation and she has no idea that you've got this horrible financial dragon that you haven't slayed and she's sitting there giddy dreaming about some thing that she wants to do, a trip she wants to take, and you're sitting there going, my God, I just can't tell her this can't happen. A lot better to tell her so that before she has the dream day, she goes, oh, and by the way, we'll plug in how much we owe on that that deal, and you know, and then this is when this dream will come true. She knows everything she needs to for it. So to me, and, and you know, here's a funny thing, Katie. I mean, this is, I know that you're not a marriage counselor, but really, a lot of this just boils down to communication. Am I right? Yes. I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 You've got to be able to, and, and not everybody is great at communication, but that doesn't mean that you can't be better at right. it. Right. And putting it out all on, on the table and communicating what the reality of your situation is, because people get disappointed when they have expectations that are not met. But if they don't know the full scope of everything that y'all are having to deal with, then there is going to be that disappointment when their expectation isn't met. But being able to have everything out in the open and knowing that, okay, this is a reality that we are going to have to pay this off. And so maybe we can't go on this trip next year, but that doesn't mean it's never going to happen. We're just in a season of having to pay off debt. That's it. Yep. Just because it's a it's a no now doesn't mean it's going to be a no in the future. Exactly. Well, Katie, I know that like to the listener, I know that a lot of these conversations we're doing with money, it's about pure dollars and cents. How do you get your money to grow? How do you get your debt to go away? What you know, those sorts of how do you save for college? This is one of those that I think is so imperative that everyone get a hold of. And it really doesn't have anything to do with dollars and cents. This is all about communication, relationship, trust, vulnerability, courage. And it's probably one of the most important topics we could have covered. So, Katie, I think that uh, I think this has all been great advice. Did you have anything else that we need to cover? I mean, I I think if if anybody listens to what we've talked about and doesn't leave have leave with some inkling to go have a conversation with their spouse if they have something to discuss then uh, we mm-hmm. failed mightily my my friend <laughs> yeah no i think that we've covered a ton of great information yeah. and really for anybody that's having something that's just gnawing at them they just need to come clean with or or express to their spouse i say just just do it just rip that band-aid off right yeah. don't let that be the annoying either water drip or the acid drip as yeah. you were describing. No, like just get it out on the table. They're, they're still going to love you. They're yeah. still going to love you. And I also think yeah. that having a third party like you involved is always very beneficial during these. So I would just say, you know, I'm going to, mm-hmm. once again, Katie's information will be in the show notes. And so maybe it's one of those deals where if you think to yourself, it's not going to be, I can't have a dream date. I can't have, I can't, I'm not going to tell them right before they go to sleep. There's no time I can tell my spouse this. I just, I'm not going to do it. 
schedule an appointment with Katie and and see and, and let her facilitate that conversation. It's in, I think there is safety in having that third party to, but you know, don't again in your notes, don't blindside. Don't say, Hey, we need to go call a financial coach right now. Then, you know, <laughs> maybe not that. Yeah, right. But, Be like, wait, why? 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 <laughs> what happened? But maybe just say, you know, so to the listener, just find someone that you can bring in that can give you good wisdom and guidance. But the, the, the most important thing is just make it happen. Just have the conversations at trust your trust your spouse to be the person that you hope them to be that you love them the reason why you said yes the one the reason why you said you would spend the rest of their life with them give them the opportunity to prove that you chose wisely and that was a wise decision so all right katie this was fun as always it was all yeah, right. thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You bet. And until we see you the next time on another Money Monday, thanks for joining us, Katie. Thank you. The information provided on the Jason Rice Show podcast is for general informational purposes only and should not be construed as professional, financial, or investment advice. The content presented is based on the host's opinions and personal experiences, and it may not be suitable for all individuals. The hosts and guests of The Jason Wright Show are not licensed financial advisors, investment professionals, or registered representatives. Listeners are strongly advised to seek advice from qualified financial professionals before making any investment decisions. The content provided in this podcast should not be considered a substitute for personalized financial advice. Investing involves risk and the value of the investments can go up or down. Listeners are encouraged to conduct thorough research and consider their own financial situation and risk tolerance before making any investment decisions. The past performance of investments discussed on the podcast is not indicative of future results. The Jason Wright Show podcast may include discussions of specific investment strategies, financial products, or market trends. Such discussions are for educational and informational purposes only and should not be interpreted as endorsements or recommendations. Listeners should be aware that financial regulations, laws, and tax rules can change and may vary based on jurisdiction. Any information provided in this podcast may become outdated or inaccurate over time. By accessing and listening to this Jason Bright Show podcast, you acknowledge and agree that the hosts, guests, and creators of the podcast shall not be held liable for any losses, damages, or expenses arising from your reliance on the information presented. You also acknowledge that any investment decisions you make are solely your responsibility. Remember to consult with a qualified financial professional before making any investment decisions. Always do your own research and due diligence to ensure that any financial or investment strategies are appropriate for your individual circumstances.